0: I am yours, I am yours, I am Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we do an awesome interview with a doctor by the name of Dr. Matt Harrison who pioneered the abortion pill reversal procedure. He's going to talk about his background, some of the science behind the abortion pill reversal, and how you can use this to minister at the Abortion Center. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And as always, we appreciate if you guys would share this podcast, if you would leave us a review, because we need reviews. We need some positive reviews. We've got a lot of negative reviews from some of our pro-choice opposition. That's okay. You know, We pray for them. But we want to hear what you guys think about this podcast. We want you guys to share this podcast. We specifically focus on people that are doing ministry on the sidewalks at abortion centers, We want to help encourage and equip people that are doing that ministry, but also uh, in pregnancy centers and in every other area of pro-life ministry. We want to help encourage and equip people. So if you know people that would benefit from this podcast, please share this and please uh, also reach out to us. Let us know subjects that you would like for us to cover. We have had a couple of people reach out to us and we've covered those subjects who want to do that. Um, And so I have here today, we have kind of a a special guest and a special podcast. i have got Dr. Matt Harrison here who is really uh, one of the pioneers in the abortion pill reversal procedure. So he's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about some of the things that hopefully uh, within this world of thought will help equip you guys on the sidewalk and uh, in a pregnancy center setting or whatever that setting might be. So we're going to talk about the abortion pill, talk a little bit about how that works, about how the abortion pill reversal procedure works. Uh, anything you want to jump in and say, Vicki, before we introduce Dr. Matt?
1: Well, just that it is a common misperception that once they have the abortion, it's done with. And that's, of course, true with surgical, but with a pill abortion, it can be reversed. And just knowing that and knowing some of the details about that, I think, are really critical in our work as sidewalk counselors. So we are delighted to have Dr. Matt here. Yeah, this yeah, is going to be We've awesome. Known the-
0: Dr. Matt for quite a few years. Yeah. I don't know how many years it's been at this point, but it's yeah. been a while. But go ahead and give a, a little introduction of yourself, Dr. Matt, and uh, just a little bit of your background and your involvement in pro-life work and things like that.
2: Okay, thanks. Um, really great to be here today, guys. I love this format because it gives us a chance to really delve deeper into these topics and not just scratch the surface, mm-hmm. which sometimes that can be dangerous. But if we get deeper and talk about the science, it's really, uh, you know, it's really great to be able to Back up what we're doing yeah. in a scientific way, so and and make people feel comfortable about promoting this on the sidewalk. So I got uh, I moved to Charlotte in uh, 2001. Uh, met a good friend of y'all's, Flip Benham. Yeah. Shortly mm-hmm. thereafter, he really challenged me to become more active in my pro-life uh, walk. Um, I was pro-life at the time, but wasn't really doing a whole lot about it other than in my practice. We had a practice that was uh, support, starting to support abortion vulnerable women, mm. women who had come from the sidewalk. So we'd give them free prenatal care and delivery services. And uh, and then we got active with the crisis pregnancy centers close by. So um, uh, so that's kind of how I came to Charlotte. I have uh, a beautiful wife, Kathleen, who is faithful and support. I, I couldn't do even... Ninety percent of what I do without without her support, constant support, yeah, and backup, and uh, she and I've raised seven fantastic kids. Wow, and uh, and many of them uh, will come down uh, intermittently to the abortion clinic and pray, and um, and so that was has always kind of been a part of their life as well. So, um, the the abortion pill reversal um ministry really just kind of came out of the blue and in 2006. Yeah. Um, I was at my clinic in Concord at the time I was doing full range family practice medicine with obstetrics as well. And uh, I was involved in the crisis pregnancy center and a young lady had gone to the abortion, one of the abortion centers here in Charlotte. There are three of them and uh, she had been pressured by a boyfriend uh, to have an abortion. She really didn't want to do it. She was raised in a Christian home And, uh, they didn't let her get to see, hear the heartbeat or see anything on the ultrasound, but they gave her the abortion pill and uh, told her to swallow it and, uh, said, you know, take the other pills, uh, two days later to complete the abortion. So she went out in the parking lot and just was, you know, completely distraught about what she had done, regretted it immediately. Uh, she couldn't make herself throw up or anything to try to get rid of the medication. So she went home and just essentially cried about it for 24 hours and then finally uh, told her mother. Now, her boyfriend had said, you know, if your parents find out that you're pregnant, they're going to kick you out. You're not going to be successful at school. You're going to have to drop out of your program. They, he kind of threatened her with all these different things. Oh, yeah. But uh, her parents were, were good Christian-supportive parents. Immediately they said, we will do whatever we can to to help our grandchild. Right. <laughs> wow! And uh, they immediately, you know, recognized the personhood of that baby that she was carrying and supported her. So they took her to the Cabarrus uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center, Cabarrus Women's Center. Yeah. And uh, I was on the board at the time, and so they called me and said, "You know, we have this young lady who's taking the abortion pill. What can we do?" And I said, "Well, I have no idea." go ahead and send her over. Yeah. So, um, she's, they sent her over and, uh, you know, this is around lunchtime on, uh, I guess a Thursday, I think a Thursday. And, um, I really had no idea what to do. She had taken the pill about 36 hours prior to that. And, uh, I, you know, this is not the kind of thing they teach you how right. to do in medical school, yeah, how to reverse right. an abortion or what to do sure. or in a case like this. But, you know, um, I was raised in a family of, you know, a lot of people were engineers and carpenters and construction people and people who figured things out. Oh, yeah. And so it's always just kind of, I think, ingrained in me to try to figure things out. Um, and so I told her, I just I have to think about this. So I stepped out of the room and literally went into my office across the hallway, prayed about it, started thinking about, the, you know, looking at the physician desk reference about how the abortion pill works. And uh, we were doing fertility treatments in our office at the time to help women who had low progesterone right. um, and they, they would have frequent miscarriages. They'd have short cycles and freq- frequent miscarriages. So we had progesterone available in the office. And my partner in the practice, Danny Holland, ha- was a certified consultant, fertility consultant mm-hmm. uh, for, for doing this, what's called NAPRO technology. And, um, and so... You know, it really, what you know? Justin Reeder likes to say that I had a God download, and that's yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. You know, it felt like a download. It felt like a light went off. I was like, you know what? RU forty pro- six blocks the progesterone receptor. It starves the placenta of nutrients, of, of blood circulation, of oxygen. And that's oxygen. the
1: abortion pill you're and, saying, yes. Correct. And
2: so the RU forty six is kind of a, a scientific name or a research name for the abortion pill. Right. The uh, brand or the name that is commonly used is mifepristone. Mm-hmm. And so mifepristone is the abortion pill Is re 46, and that blocks the progesterone receptor. And I'd done a lot of research in protein receptor biology. I'd gotten a master's in uh, protein receptor biology, and I'd done research in rat brain um, receptors <clears throat> and had published in the field. And I started thinking, you know, it's just simple biology. If you have uh, the abortion pill, which is blocking the progesterone receptor, if we put in more progesterone and try to outcompete that uh, RU46, the abortion pill, then we might be able to outdo it and reactivate the, the receptor so that we can restore the blood flow to the placenta and support the baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, RU46 uh is a tight binder binds about twice as strongly as progesterone does to the to the receptor and so we figured if if we give her extra progesterone and that's not a one and done like it doesn't lock on and then never release it's always in a state of flux and so at any given time a receptor is binding RE46 and releasing it okay but it's, it's in a state of flux. And so if we just put in more progesterone, then there's a better chance that a good key that will turn into that lock and activate the receptor will support that pregnancy. And so I, ga- I explained this to her. Now, progesterone has been used safely in women that are pregnant for 50 years. Yeah. Uh, no bad side effects, no scary Uh, side effects, especially in the doses that we use, which are really essentially biologically identical levels to what is is normally in a woman's system. So in a lot of uh, OBGYN offices, they give Depo-Provera shots. These are long acting progesterone shots that are extremely high dose progesterone that stop ovulation. They can also cause miscarriages by creating an a, a bad environment for a, a baby that's going to implant but the main way they work is by preventing ovulation but these are very high doses of progesterone and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists support the use of this Yeah, um, but it has lots of problems with clotting, lots of problems with osteoporosis and other side effects and so we don't use high, high doses of progesterone, we use bioidentical progesterone And essentially what we've been working on is using just enough to be able to reverse RE 46. So basically you're just saying that the dose of progesterone that's used in the
0: abortion pill reversal would be similar to what a woman's body would produce correct being pregnant and without
2: the, Mm -hmm. uh, the
0: counteraction Uh, of the mifepristone.
2: Right. So we're increasing it a little bit, but not like 20 or a hundred times as much. So I explained this to her. I said, you know, you know, this does carry some risk because you know, this is not a, something that's been done before. Yeah. This is 2006. And I said, it, it could cause you not to release the baby. Um, and the baby could stay inside of you longer. And we'd have to watch you very closely to make sure that you don't get infected Yeah, and are ha- carrying, you know, a, a baby that's passed and then not able to get it, get the baby out. And that could cause problems for her. Um, and so we knew that going in. Um, and so I talked to her and she said, absolutely, I want to try this. Yeah, um, I will do whatever it takes to save my baby. And as as a physician who, who's done a lot of ER work and, and I work in critical care and I, I do I, – I get into situations where people are dying, yeah. actively dying. Sometimes you have to do whatever you can um, to – and some of these things are not protocols. Yeah,
0: you got to think outside you the box. You got to think outside yeah. the box,
2: exactly. And so you have to be creative and you have to think, you know, what can I do? I mean, uh, I've used different types of tubes that were available at the time to place into a patient so that they could breathe rather than a tracheostomy tube. Yeah. I mean, is that FDA approved? Well, no, but I had to do that to keep that person alive. Yeah. So this is kind of the state we're in. We have a patient who is literally dying in front of me, the baby. Yeah. And the mother is really wanting to save the baby. I'm not going to just say, sorry, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided to proceed with a progesterone shot. So we gave her 200 milligrams of an injection. And we were going to see her the next week, so that that weekend is a Friday night. she called she said she was starting to bleed,
0: yeah
2: and um we said um, and of course, before we did that, we made sure that her baby was still living. yeah, we found a heartbeat um, and she said uh that she was starting to bleed, so we were really afraid that the abortion was happening, and there's nothing we could do, yeah. But uh, we were, you know, we knew the guys at the emergency room. We knew the doctors that worked there. They knew how we practiced medicine. So we sent her to the emergency room. And uh, so they they saw her and they did an ultrasound and she got to visually see her baby for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and see that heart fluttering. And she said, if that's all that I'd gotten out of it, I would have been excited because I actually got to see my baby. Wow. Who I how, how
1: old was the baby? So, uh,
2: uh, right at eight weeks. Okay. Yeah, okay. right at eight yeah. weeks. So um, – ba- and the baby's heart was beating. So wow. the doctors, thankfully, said, go home and hope for the best. Wow. You know, many doctors in that situation would have said, oh, let's call OB and go get a C." Right. Yeah. Because this baby's doomed. Right. Um, but Especially knowing that she right. had taken the abortion pill, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, doctors are very afraid of liability. They're afraid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if a baby – uh, has a bad outcome or if a baby, you know, is, you know, has something wrong that they're going to get sued yeah. at some point. And all those
0: risks were clearly laid out for her. Like right. the, the risk of of course to her, like you mm-hmm. just talked about, but also the risk to the baby. Cause this is yeah. unknown. This is like, didn't know. We don't know. That's but. right. Didn't know.
2: So, um, so she went home and stopped bleeding. They did see what's called a, a chorionic cyst, a little hemorrhage cyst on her, on her placenta. But it healed up. Um, those, it, essentially, if RE-46 was working, that cyst would get bigger and bigger and bigger, and yeah. then you, the placenta would separate away. Yeah.
1: Can I ask you, does, sure. so does that cyst form because she had taken the abortion pill, or is that something that can happen at any time it can, in It pregnancy? can happen
2: in, in, even in normal pregnancies. Okay. It can happen, sure. Okay. Um so she went home. She came back Monday, and uh, we checked the heartbeat. The baby was still living, and she wasn't bleeding, bleeding anymore. So yeah. we kept giving her progesterone 200 milligrams twice a week uh, up until we went far into pregnancy because we didn't really know exactly how long we needed to support it back then. And so we were into the 20-some into the weeks, and we were checking her progesterone levels to make sure that she was matching and being where she needed to be. Yeah. And then we were able to stop the injections. And right at 40 weeks, she had a a beautiful little girl named Kaylee, perfectly healthy. Placenta was healthy. Uh, And now Kaylee is – she was born in 2007, so she is now – Whatever the math is? Uh, 14 I mean, You're the doctor. You
0: tell me. 14 years old. <laughs> don't ask me to spell. Yeah. And don't ask me to do math.
1: So w- during that whole time period, yeah. were you doing ultrasounds and looking at the development of the baby to see? Oh, was, yes. the, the, and the baby is mm-hmm. was progressing just perfectly yep. fine? No issues at all? No
0: issues. Wow. No, no issues. Yeah. So I want to kind of, if we can... Will it back, I think it's good for us to have a story and kind of a storyline to work with, and people to see that like this thing actually played out, and it's not the only time this is like the first time it's happened as far as we know, but we've seen this happen a bunch where mm-hmm. you know over the years, I don't know how many babies have been saved through the abortion pill reversal procedure. you know how it's over two thousand yeah, amazing, so yeah. this story has has played out time and time again, but let's will it back to just some of the basics of how the abortion pill works just so those folks who are ministering can explain this because there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding like I mentioned before we started recording even talking to you know pretty seasoned pro life people there's this conflation of the abortion pill procedure and the morning after pill. So that's one thing. And there's also this idea that the abortion pill it's just it's just one pill, but it's actually an abortion pill procedure, right? It's it's two medications. Yes. So talk a little bit about. You already talked about mifepristone, but talk about kind of how the procedure works,
2: time frames, and things like that, if you can. Sure. So um, mifepristone, re forty six, the abortion pill was was uh, approved uh, in uh, two thousand, I believe it was for use in the United States up to seven weeks of pregnancy um, and uh, at 600 uh, milligrams dose. Shortly thereafter, doctors started using it off-label. Okay. And they were using it at lower and lower doses down to 200 milligrams, and they were using it at higher and higher gestational ages up to 10 weeks. Okay. And now... I've seen – I've had patients come and say they've got it at 13 weeks, Wow. which is crazy. I mean, that's a big baby. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a big baby. Um, and then – so what they do is they they take the uh, 200 milligram mifepristone, and then one to two days later, they take 800 micrograms of cytotec or mesopristol, mm-hmm. which is a medicine that causes the uterus to contract. Yeah. And – that they expel the baby and the placenta and all the products of conception. And yeah. they do that at home. Yeah. So they they watch them take the pill, then they give them the medicine to go home or in a hotel room. Yeah. And uh if any of y'all had seen the movie Unplanned, yeah. Um you know, that gave a, a pretty accurate description or or, you know, um of how it plays out. Yeah. Where how it can. It can be, you know, quite bloody um, and very distressful to the woman that's going through yeah. this. So, um, and then, and often they're left alone to go through that, which is you know, which is horrible, and really not good healthcare. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, this is one of the problems. We can talk about telemedicine. Tele. Yeah, I do want to touch on that because I've been getting a lot
0: of questions yeah. from people about that's going to be. The FDA a just approved um, the use of mifepristone. Like over telemed and all this, like what does mm-hmm. what does that mean? I actually, you know, dug and, and tried to figure out what that actually means. And my understanding is it's potentially like a state by state decision, or is that like a a woman can now just call up Planned Parenthood and say I want the abortion pill? So maybe you could touch on that as you're kind of talking about all of this.
2: Yeah. Um, so I mean, we go ahead and talk about the telemedicine. I mean, telemedicine has been done. um, in the past, in, in distributing certain medications and the way they do it, you can imagine someone up in Alaska where they don't have a doctor, but they have a clinic where a patient goes into, they might have a nurse or they might have a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant or someone like that. And they literally will have a computer sitting on a desk and the desk will have a locked drawer. Okay. And so the doctor on the computer will interview the patient and then they'll push a button, the drawer will open and the medicine is dispensed to the patient. Okay. So that's kind of how the logistics work of it. In, in, a, in a telemedicine abortion, it'd be similar to that, but they should be doing, even according to their own rules, ultrasounds. Yeah. So they'd have to have someone to do an ultrasound and to make sure that there's not an ectopic pregnancy. An yeah. ectopic pregnancy is a pregnancy that occurs outside of the womb. Sometimes that's in a tube. Sometimes it's in the vagina. Sometimes it's in the cervix. uh, Sometimes it's in the abdomen. Yeah. It can be a bunch of different places. And if you try to give someone the abortion pill when they have an ectopic pregnancy, then that could obviously lead to their death. Yeah. Um, If you similarly, if you reverse a pregnancy that is ectopic, that is dangerous. Yeah. And the person who has an ectopic pregnancy needs specialized care sure. to take care of that surgical situation. Yeah. I
0: just want to mention we did have a situation, I believe it was back in 2006 or seven with one of the doctors here locally, Dr. Ron Vermani. I don't know if you're yeah, aware of this, is. but um, he actually did that very thing, gave the abortion pill to a young lady who had an ectopic pregnancy and our understanding is just a little investigation we've done. She, she did die. Her mm-hmm. fallopian tube ruptured and she bled to death because of just
2: what you're talking about. Yeah, because even if you were to – even if the baby were to die, which they typically always will in an ectopic pregnancy anyway, you still have that ectopic pregnancy there that that is a growth that has increased blood supply that can rupture yeah. and that can get infected and the patient can die. So. It's really a, essentially a surgical emergency needs yeah. to be taken care of. So um so that's one of our big concerns with telemedicine is it's gonna be marketed to people who are nowhere near a doctor. Yeah. Or a hospital yeah. or a clinic. And they're gonna be given abortion pills. And we've already seen in their own studies that especially if they don't take the second part of the abortion procedure, the cytotech, then they can have dangerous and deadly bleeding. Yeah. So you're so these doctors that are going to do telemedicine abortions are going to give Mifepristone, the abortion pill, to women who are way out in the middle of nowhere with no access to surgeries or hospitals or emergency rooms, and they're counting on them to take a second the second dose that's going to increase the the contractions and expel all the products and stop the bleeding. But they're I mean, I've been practicing medicine for almost 25 years. And there are some patients who either don't know how to take medicine correctly yep. or lose medicine or their dog ate it or something happens, you know. And this is very dangerous procedure. I really – I mean – dangerous beyond, you know, even what they're currently doing, which right. is dangerous enough.
1: Well, even you introduced it saying, you know, we in a normal procedure, they must do an ultrasound. They must see where that baby is. So, so, and you said, so they would have to get to an ultrasound, but they're not right with telemedicine. I don't how, know. how on earth is that going to be? Would they have to go someplace to get the ultrasound and then they will distribute the pills or how
2: possibly I, well, I know what's going to happen in real life. They're not going. Many exactly. people will not get ultrasounds because exactly. I already know that women get the re forty six <laughs> without getting ultrasounds. Right. I mean that right. happens yeah. in Charlotte. Yeah. That happens in cities. Oh yeah. no, they never did an ultrasound. They just gave me the pill. Right. I mean, I, I hear that a lot. Yeah. So it's gonna. That's going to happen a whole lot more. Yeah. Once they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And one thing that's disturbing is you hear all these statistics about. Oh well, abortion is safer than than childbirth Mm -hmm. right you know these these abortions uh, these statistics are completely warped um it's interesting i've i work in critical care medicine uh emergency room medicine in the past i've filled out death certificates in north carolina Mm -hmm. um on the death certificate in north carolina there's a specific box that everyone fills out if the woman was if if the patient was a female. One, were they pregnant in the last year? Two, were they pregnant in the last six months? Three, were they pregnant in the last three months? Four, were they not pregnant? Five, you know, so it goes down this list. Mm-hmm. So if a woman had become pregnant, and then had an abortion, and then had a complication from the procedure... The only thing that it shows on the birth – on the death certificate is that she had a pregnancy-related death. It doesn't say that she died from an abortion. Wow. It says she died from a hemorrhage or she died from a ruptured uterus or whatever. Wow. And then they have the little checkbox that says it was a pregnancy-related death. And so – Really so it makes
1: it appear, actually, the opposite act, of the truth, that absolutely. that the pregnancy is what killed her, not the abortion. Absolutely. And that's why they can come out and say right. pregnancy is more dangerous than an abortion. That's, right. that's evil. That's yeah. pure evil. Yeah.
2: yeah, and it's very misleading to women. It scares them into getting abortions. Right. So, um, yeah, so I foresee that happening a lot in mm. these women who are way out in the wilderness somewhere. Right. And they're going to blame it on her being pregnant when actually it was taking mifepristone, and then bleeding to death. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Wasn't yeah I know that
0: just uh, in, in reading some of the – I'm trying to actually pull that information up now, but I can't find it on the fly, but we've gotten a hold of some of the information that they give them at the La Trobe Abortion Center right here. They give them uh, kind of like a risks sheet, fine print. If you're going to take the abortion bill, here's the fine print. And there's one sheet, and it's been a while since I read it, um, from the National Abortion Federation, but it talks about the risks – associated with taking the abortion pill. And one of those risks is it says one out of 500 women that take the abortion pill that go through the abortion pill procedure will require a blood transfusion. Does that sound right? That sound like, I mean, to me, that's, that's, that's a pretty daunting statistic. Yeah, right? it
2: seemed, that seems pretty high. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure where they got those uh, statistics. But of course, that's what happened in the study that they used to try to uh, refute abortion pill reversal. Right. So uh, Michael Cranin, uh who is an abortion advocate, <clears throat> said that he would study abortion pill reversal. And he took 12 women, uh, gave them all the RU46 abortion pill. Half of those women he gave progesterone at our doses, and half of them he gave a sugar pill. Gave them nothing uh, to, for the the abortion or anything. Yeah. One woman from each group dropped out. So that left five and five. Okay. They just decided they wanted to just go get the abortion. So of the five women who received progesterone, two weeks later, four of those women still had living pregnancies. So 80% of the women who had gotten progesterone, had reversed their abortions and once you're 2 weeks out the it's it's done you're you're out of the clear because, you feel pretty safe at yeah, that because much, Yeah because RE46 only lasts in the body from its half life is 18 hours 18 to 20 hours so after 72 hours it's pretty much completely eliminated from your body after yeah. 3 okay. to 4 days. Okay. So 2 weeks out they had 80% of the babies were still living.
1: Wow.
2: The one woman the one patient who uh, who had a unsuccessful reversal was bleeding at home she called an ambulance the ambulance took her to the emergency room she completed the abortion she did not require a dnc she did not require surgery she did not require a transfusion mm-hmm. she essentially had the abortion right it completed right. okay so that was the one in the other group where he gave the abortion pill and then a sugar pill didn't give progesterone, did not give side attack. Two of those women had severe bleeding. They both called the ambulance. They both went to the emergency room. They both required surgeries, DNCs, mm-hmm. the most common surgical procedure in America. Mm. Um, and one of them required a blood transfusion. So then he stopped the study saying that Studying abortion pill reversal is too dangerous. Okay, Obviously the dangerous part was the fact that one, he didn't follow their protocols, their own protocols. Yeah. And the women who received progesterone did not have any dangerous bleeding it was only the women who got the abortion pill and then a sugar pill afterwards. Wow. Mm. And 40% of his patients had surviving pregnancy or surviving um Pregnancies at the end of that. So doing nothing gave him, in a very small study, forty percent survival rate. Okay, giving progesterone gave an eighty percent survival rate. Okay, so really, his study completely proved our points. It did, and proved that. I mean, it's it's such a small study; you can't really bring any real conclusions. But if nothing else, it shows that more research should be done. Yeah. In progesterone reversing abortions. Yeah.
1: Well, but his conclusion was rep- misrepresenting Correct. really what had happened. And that right. is often what's quoted. I've heard it quoted by by people that yeah, are, the media, are opposed to this. Yeah. The media right.
2: picked that up and then ran with it. Yeah. And so that's what they use. Those are their talking points. Yeah. Um, but if they really read the study, and I've I've talked with some of these folks on the sidewalk and actually explained it to them and then they really didn't have a whole much a whole lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: so I am I actually looking up just what I mentioned to you. This is the sheet that is made from the National Abortion Federation. You can find it on ProChoice.org. Uh and it actually says that possible side effects of a mis- mifepristone abortion, side effects such as pain, cramping, and vaginal bleeding result from the abortion process itself. And are therefore expected with a med- medical abortion. Other side effects may include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, chills, and fever. Complications are rare, but may include infection, excessive vaginal bleeding requiring transfusion, and in parentheses, it's parentheses it says occurs in approximately one in five hundred cases. That's a so lot. that's the National Abortion Federation's. That's these pro quote pro choice people. That's what they say. You think
2: about how many medical abortions are done each day? Yeah, and. That's a lot of transfusions. Yeah. yeah. I know the way I communicate it to is I'm
0: training people to minister on the sidewalk and how you talk to people that are going into the abortion uh, center. And this is how I talk to moms or dads that are going into the abortion center. As I say, you know, ask them, if are you here for the abortion pill? If I can get that far with them. And if they say, yeah, I'll say, you know, the paperwork they're going to give you, please read the fine print, because it says one out of 500 women that go through that procedure will require a blood transfusion. And if you're here to hide the fact that you're pregnant from your family, how are you going to explain to them? If you're one of them, I pray you're not, but if you are one of those five, one out of 500 that ends up in the hospital, you're going to have to explain, like, why are you there? What? Why are you bleeding and all of this? And, you know, kind of, I guess, playing on that whole factor of they want to hide what they're doing when, you know, be careful, your sin will find you out kind of yeah. dynamic going on there, you know? So. Yeah. It's a little bit of a rabbit trail where I wanted to go with this, because I do want to kind of help people that are on the sidewalk understand the differences. And you've explained it, I think, very clearly with how the abortion pill procedure works. But there is, again, this conflation of the abortion pill and the morning after pill. So can you just describe real quick what the differences are? I know for for you and me, it's like, okay, duh, there's there's obvious differences. Mm -hmm. But for some people, it's
2: not. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So the morning after pill or plan B as it's called is a high dose hormone pill that women take generally after they've had unprotected sex and are trying to avoid pregnancy. Yeah. So that's why they take that. So that is not the abortion pill. Now the way that works, it it used to be before they had plan B, if a woman had unprotected sex and did not want to get pregnant, her doctor would say, well, just take an extra hormone tablet, an extra birth control pill yeah, um, to increase the dose. And what that does <clears throat> is a couple of things. And this is found right on the package insert of birth control pills or on plan B. The main way that both of those work is by inhibiting ovulation. So a woman does not ovulate. She does not put out an egg. Uh, therefore the egg cannot be fertilized and she doesn't become pregnant. The other ways that it works is that it creates a hostile environment in the uterus. So it changes the cervical mucus and the lining of the uterus so that if she does become pregnant or if she's already pregnant at the time that she takes plan B, then the newly conceived person is not going to implant and will come out Similar to a miscarriage, except for the the embryo never implanted in the first place. Yeah. And so it'll just come out like a menstrual cycle.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: So that's plan B. All right. The abortion pill is taken after a woman finds out she's pregnant. So we're talking four plus weeks, four or more weeks after she had intercourse or seven weeks or more. After her last menstrual period. Yeah. And so, and what that does is it blocks the progesterone receptor, prevents the blood supply to the placenta to support a baby that's already growing, that's already implanted, that already has a heartbeat, that already has fingers, toes, and l- limbs. Yeah. um, and uh, And that is the abortion pill. Yeah.
0: Is it correct to say, because I've said it. And I've heard some of our folks say it. And it seems a little over the top. Maybe we're we're trying to use terminology, I think, to connect with the people so they understand. But I'll say the abortion pill actually is gonna starve
2: your baby to death. Is that is that correct? Maybe just in regular vernacular to say? I mean I've used that before because it is, you know, depleting or denying the developing embryo from food, nutrition, oxygen. Yeah. So
1: it is starving and, and yeah. asphyxiating. I mean, the right. baby is not receiving oxygen, which which it right. Needs it's not to getting survive.
2: nutrition. It's right. it's separating the placenta from the uterus. Right. Right. So that it will slough off.
1: So let me ask you because this is something I always wondered about, um, and I still actually do wonder. I I know that uh, the first pill does not kill the baby, at least not immediately correct? Their their nutrition and their oxygen is being cut off, but it's not instantaneous, which is what allows the reversal to be able to work. So why is the baby okay? And is the baby okay when you've started, you've already taken that first pill. So presumably the process is starting of cutting off the nutrition, the oxygen, everything the baby needs to survive. Then you flood the system with the progesterone in the abortion pill reversal, is the baby then okay? What are the risks? I know you said initially you don't know, but now I i presume you do have a little bit more information. And will the baby be fine? Will the baby develop normally? And is everything going to be fine in all likelihood once you've started the abortion pill reversal?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And of course, our paramount of paramount importance to us as physicians is the health and safety of the mother and the baby, so right. that is always very important, and any possible side effects. So studies have actually already been done uh, by Guttmacher Institute and you know essentially the abortion industry showing that RU forty six babies who survive RU forty six do not have birth defects. Um, they are mentally and developmentally the same. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of an all or nothing deal. Mm. Okay. It either kills the baby or the baby's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, in cytotec or Misoprostol, the con, the medicine that's given for contractions, if a baby survives after a m- mother is exposed to that or after the baby is exposed to that, there's a 5% chance of something called Mobius syndrome. Okay, And that is where they can have facial nerve palsies, weakness in the facial nerve muscles. They can have problems with a paralysis of their limbs they can have problems something called mermaid syndrome where their legs are fused okay this is in babies who have been exposed to cytotech or misopristol this was actually a medicine that was initially used for stomach upset yeah and so it was used for many many years in pregnant women specifically because of all the indigestion that they have and they found that women that were taking this, and this we're talking about on a constant basis. Yeah. Generally not a one time exposure, but a constant basis had this possible effect of Mobius syndrome in their kids. Yeah. <clears throat> now, of course, our protocol for reversal says don't take that medicine. Right. We don't want women to take that medicine. If they have taken it, um generally we still will look to see if we have a viable fetus. And if so, might be worth trying to reverse. Yeah. But the woman needs to know that she had exposure to cytotec, misopristal that was given to her by the abortion doctor and can possibly cause side effects in the baby. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What are some ways that as sidewalk counselors, but even as pregnancy centers, uh, if people are just now kind of getting aware of abortion pill reversal, what are some of the ways they can like dig a little deeper into this, some websites and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then ultimately, Let's say a pregnancy center, I think all of the pregnancy centers here in the area, in our area, have something in place. To, if they have a patient that comes to them, they can get them connected with APR. But what are some ways that pregnancy centers and even sidewalk counselors can get connected with APR,
2: get more information, all that stuff? Yeah, the best place to go is to abortionpillreversal.com. Yeah. And uh, our abortion pill reversal network is now run by Heartbeat International. Yeah. Um, we turned that over to them in April, I want to say of 2016 or somewhere around there, um, because they had such an outreach uh, and they are in so many countries right? that now we have abortion pill reversal available in over 50 countries in all 50 states. And we've had over 2000 babies. We have around 200 what we call mission critical phone calls a month yeah, where women have taken the abortion pill and are seeking reversal. And so we're, we've we built this network of over a 1,000 providers where we can get women to a, a clinic or a reversal center, hopefully within an hour. That's yeah. what we're trying to get them right. uh, in. So uh, abortionpillreversal.com and then the 1-800 numbers or 877 is the toll-free number, 877-558-0333. And that's the um, phone number that women can call if they are seeking to help to reverse their abortion. If anyone calls that number, you can ask them, how can I get more information? Yeah, and they'll sure. direct you to the right phone number or to the website. Yeah. Um, and so we enroll providers. We enroll folks into the network. Um, we make sure that they have everything in place to be able to receive uh a woman, you know, that's that needs to reverse.
1: Um so how how receptive is the OBGYN community at large uh, about abortion mm-hmm. reversal and and can you just go to just your regular gynecologist and say hey I I I want to reverse this abortion?
2: I have had some patients do that. Uh-huh. And some have been laughed at and some have been mm-hmm. uh, welcomed. Yeah. Okay. So The American Academy of Pro-Life OBGYNs Mm -hmm. is over 2,500 providers Mm -hmm. who endorse abortion pill reversal. These are medical professionals that are experts in their field Mm -hmm. and they endorse it. The American College of OBGYNs, which is a pro-choice organization Mm. and loudly so, Mm. um, does not support it. And even though we have talked to many of them directly and and offered all the science um, they still are not openly endorsing it some of their own providers have said it makes biological sense they've they've been in situations where they have said well if my daughter was poisoned with re-46 and wanted to keep her baby I would probably give her progesterone yeah (laughs) so Mm -hmm. they've admitted that Mm -hmm. it probably works but they will not formally endorse it because it's a political organization. Oh, yeah. Okay, if so the resistance,
1: yeah. this resistance, you think is political? Because I wanted sure. to ask that there is so much resistance from the so-called pro-choice people. Sure. They've already they've already gotten their money. They mm. they've already gotten the abortion, and and if people want to change their mind, why on earth would any group oppose trying everything possible to yeah, help that? Especially,
0: woman? Especially yeah, if my wife is. We did an interview with her almost. A year ago, uh, um, this was last May, I guess. Yeah, Courtney did a great job on yeah. that interview. Yeah, um, and so I know because she tell, tells me like what she lays out for them. She lays out all the risks. There's not like in, there's no coercion. There's no like you know if you don't want to do this, nobody's pressuring you to do this. The women come to come to her for right. it. So, yeah, I don't understand in light of her question, too, why if all the risks are laid out, no one's forcing anything on these people. If they want to drop out and stop doing the abortion bill reversal, they can. All of that is, is I mean, really, we're pro choice in that sense. Yeah. Right. We're offering a choice. It does the opposition doesn't make sense?
2: No. And what's interesting, you know, the study I talked about earlier that they keep citing f- about the bleeding issue right? and that uh, that they feel like research is not safe. Even though the only patients who had dangerous bleeding were the women who did not get the reversal, yeah. That study by Dr. Michael Crichton, he is or Crichton, he is the um, a paid consultant for Danko Pharmaceuticals, okay. which is the only producer of RU forty six, the abortion pill in the United States. Yeah. So no little, conflict, yeah, of, interest no
1: conflict there, of interest there. No conflict right? of interest there at all.
2: So yeah. obviously, he had the study stopped because it was proving that it worked (laughs) um and uh so it's it's interesting i can you know i have a lot of friends of wide uh political and religious views and and medical views i can always tell which ones are truly pro-choice and which ones are truly pro-abortion yeah because the pro my pro-choice friends will say wow well if a woman chooses to do that then we should support that yeah You know, and that's authentically, legitimately pro choice. Right. Mm -hmm. That's someone who is supporting the choice of a woman. Yeah. Um but then the pro abortion folks are not like that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. They will say, No, they can't be doing this. They've chosen abortion. We trust women that they know what they want the first time around and (laughs) they're never pressured. (laughs) They're never pressured and they're never coerced and you know. Yeah. Which we all know we know is like so bonk like
0: Almost every woman I've talked to at the abortion center has coercion happening on some level Mm -hmm. from some member of her family or boyfriend or something like that. The
2: formal studies say that 10%, easy, 10% are coerced or have pressure to get abortion.
1: And that's probably on the low And that's
2: got to be on the low side from what we experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, man, I think we've touched on everything that we've wanted to touch on, but is there anything else that you would lend as advice for people in a pregnancy center setting or in a sidewalk counseling setting along the
2: lines of the APR? I mean, I welcome the challenges to the science. I mean, any good scientist will welcome those challenges. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we shouldn't be defensive when people are accusing and saying that this is dangerous or it doesn't work or whatever. We just, we just rely on the science because the science speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, Now, many of them will say, oh, well, we need controlled studies. Uh, you know, I'm not... I have a real problem with the ethics.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask in about that, In a study where you take a thousand
2: us. women, impregnate them, give them all... The abortion pill, and then give only half of them progesterone. You know that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I'm wondering
1: how Michael whatever Crichton got away with that. Yeah, because that does not seem ethical. But that's not ethical. It's not. I mean, you've you've got women presumably that wanted to reverse the abortion. Right? In no, that study? Th- these and then were half- women
2: that he s- he said, we're going to do this. And if the baby survives, I'll give you an abortion anyway, a surgical abortion.
1: I didn't know that end yes. of it. Oh, so my these goodness. Are, okay. These were
2: women okay. that all wanted abortions. Okay. And they agreed to take progesterone to see if their baby would survive. And then okay. they were going to get, and he did. He went ahead and completed the abortions on all the women, even the ones that survived. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But from a pro-life perspective,
0: like we're not going to be, it'd be like, you know, you got a class full of kindergartners and let me give, you know, half of them poison, the other half a sugar pill right. right? and then see how it works out. If I did give some kind of antidote, it's like, we yeah. n- can't do that no. in a good conscience. No. So trying to do this kind of double blind study thing would be really hard, but you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but if, even just having it explained, like you've explained it, kind of the lock and key um, kind of analogy that you mm-hmm. gave, you know, and, and just kind of just understanding a little bit about how the abortion pill works. Um, it, it
2: seems to jive with me. It seems to make sense. Yeah. And we we do we use what's called retrospective studies. So these are all women who decided on their own to pursue reversal. We didn't recruit them into a study. We did not force them into a study. These are women who contacted us and we kept track of them and how they took their medicine and what their success rates were. And this was in 2012, or I'm sorry, in, uh, 2018, and was uh, published in the Issues in Law and Medicine. And we had 547 women who met criteria to, re- to stay in the study. These are women who continue with the protocols. They didn't change their mind and go get a surgical abortion. They stayed in the in the study. And of those women, overall, there's a 48% reversal success rate. Yeah. So, and that's that's some women who only took it for a week, that's some women, you know, who who maybe took some shots, some pills, different things. But in the women who took the shots as directed and finished them all completely, and of the women who took the pills correctly and finished them all, those had a 64% success rate and a 68% success rate. And so, these this is a retrospective study showing what what can happen if a woman takes the progesterone correctly, and that is way better than just a hit or miss. Well, seven to twenty five percent, if you do nothing, yeah. will survive.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, it definitely you know it definitely makes a difference to support with progesterone after mm-hmm. a woman has taken the abortion pill um, to try to reverse that and to support the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Does it make a difference based on the age of the baby? When it probably it does.
2: Mm-hmm. We have some of those numbers broken down. Okay. It seems like the younger the gestational age of the embryo, right. the more uh, fragile they are.
1: Yeah, that would make sense.
2: Yep. And the further along they are, the more likely they are to su- succeed and be able to reverse. Okay. Yeah.
0: Great. Yeah, I know just in, I mean, my wife doesn't share specifics because of. You know HIPAA stuff as far as how long people Mm -hmm. are but she just kind of told me generally what she's observed if they're further along that it seems like there's a better success rate just kind of an anecdotal look at it. It seems to make sense that Mm -hmm. that baby's well settled in there and and able to resist the effects of the uh, mifepristone a little more the older they are but uh, um, I know we've been blessed here locally I know two sets of twins that were saved from Mm -hmm. abortion and one young lady texts my wife I think on their on her twins' birthdays mm. every year, and just says thank you for for being there for me. Thank you for for doing this uh, abortion yep. reversal that saved my babies. And you know, this is a life saving thing, man. I appreciate you, Doctor Matt, and just um, being open to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Really, in that what what you said, Justin says like this Holy Spirit download mm-hmm. from heaven in two thousand and six, right? Yeah, and uh, and kind of really being a pioneer in this in this realm I know there's other doctors I think Dr. Delgado out on the mm-hmm. west coast mm-hmm. around the same time kind of pioneered some of the two, two years right.
2: afterwards okay. without knowing about mine yeah. he, he came up with the same thing yeah yeah and he's really the one who really built the network okay um, he and Mary Davenport have initially had initially started tracking mm-hmm. the women and uh, wrote the first paper in 2012. That was published in the Annals of Pharmacotherapy. About six case studies that had been reversed, and four of those babies had lived. And so he is, he he has something called Culture of Life Family Services. Okay. And um, he's a a, fam, a physician like I am, and so but he had the same thought that I did. It was just two years later. Yeah. And it's amazing. I think it's awesome that it happened kind of completely separate. Yeah. From from from. Mine, yeah. um, that he had the same thought and kind of the same download. You know, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah, and he 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 speaks all over, so it's great. We have a West Coast, and we have an East Coast, a representative. Yeah, uh, so that's really exciting. But another thing that people can do, uh, I know that a lot of crisis pregnancy centers have um, ultrasound units on the sidewalk. Yeah, mm-hmm. as do we in Charlotte, mm-hmm. and that is a perfect opportunity to attack that abortion pill right as soon as they walk out of the door Yeah. because we can do an ultrasound mm-hmm. on the bus and we can deliver that first dose of progesterone before it starts doing any damage to yeah. the baby. Yeah. And so that's a really – that's something that crisis pregnancy centers should look into with their medical directors is is, at, is that something that they can pursue.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just love – and we do call out as soon as we see a woman walk out the door, we know the abortionist has arrived. We always call out about abortion pill reversal. And I'll, I'll often say God is a God of second chances, and he's given you a second chance. And I, I love that abortion pill reversal really demonstrates that, that God is – is never done with us. He, he does give us opportunities to overcome the horrific things that we have done in mm-hmm. our life. So I just, I thank you so Mm -hmm. much. You are just really a hero to so many women and to so many of us counselors out there who feel desperation as we see those women leaving and to know, hey, there is something we can still offer even after they've taken that pill.
2: Yeah, Yeah, And these moms are really, you know, I see them as the heroes because they are going against a lot of odds, a lot of pressure, a lot of uncertainty. They might not have jobs. They might not have support. They might not have housing, mm-hmm. uh, and they say, "You know what? I'm going to save this baby." Yep. And even if the reversal doesn't work, they have already started the healing process. That's right. Of what they've done, and now they've known. Well, at least I tried to do something yeah. to help save my baby, and it really makes a huge difference in the mor- in the grieving process when they do lose their if they do lose their child. That's right. Yeah, but. Uh, but they are my heroes and the sidewalk counselors that are out there every single day. I can't be out there every day. <laughs> um, and are, are giving resources or giving hope are building relationships. That's what it's all about yeah. is they're building relationships with these women who are really desperate for, yeah. for help. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I see as, as the real heroes here and, and that are able to just to point them to me. And I get, I get to see all the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: good. Yeah. Well, brother, we appreciate your uh, appreciate your encouragement, man. Appreciate your uh, your strong stand for life, and uh, and again, appreciate being open you being open to the Lord to pioneer this whole thing and two thousand plus babies saved mm-hmm. from the abortion pill. Really, at that very last, even really beyond the very last moment, because mm-hmm. they're engaged in the abortion mm-hmm. process. When by God's grace, we're able to pull them back through the abortion pill reversal. So, we just appreciate that and. We appreciate you guys that are listening and hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. As Dr. Matt mentioned, you can go to APR. I believe it's APR.com, AbortionPillReversal.com, and uh, get more information. If you don't have a pregnancy center in your area that does the abortion pill reversal, I'll do my best. Reach out to me, Daniel, at Lovelife.org, and bring my wife into the conversation, who could maybe even have a conversation with your local pregnancy center about getting this started. Uh, we would certainly do everything we can to get that started. Um, and, you know, just put it to prayer. If you don't have a pregnancy center that's willing to do this in your area, put it to prayer. God can burn their hearts. This is definitely a life-saving resource that that we need to have available in our area. There's a massive network, though, and an ever-growing network with the AbortionPillReversal.com, folks. So uh, go on that website, connect with those guys, and... Uh, Reach out to us as we always encourage you guys. Reach out and let us know if there's subjects you want us to cover on this podcast. How we can encourage you. We want to continue to encourage and equip you guys. But until next time, God bless. Give me an for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude.